Here we go, you guys, and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Motivation Magnet. Today is Thursday, January 28th, and we're doing things a little different today. All right, we have on Jenna from Bar Talk with Jenna, and we did a little collab, and we talked about all things today. We talked about uh, the restaurant industry, what's going on with that, especially because things are starting to open back up. Jenna's a part of a a restaurant that has been around for a very long time, a family-owned restaurant. So she talks about her firsthand experience with how she's been able to stay motivated, stay going throughout, you know, being shut down for the past almost a year now. So she's awesome. We talk how we got into podcasts. Uh, we talk some about Barstool. We talk about a ton of things, you guys. So let's do it. Bar Talk with Jenna, Motivation Magnet collab. Let's go. Here we go, you guys. Today we're doing a little different. We've got Jenna from bar talk with jenna i absolutely love her name her setup's way cooler than mine is and what we're gonna do is we're gonna shoot the shit we're gonna talk about my show we're gonna talk about her show we're gonna talk about sports i think we gotta talk about erica nardini and like the nwhl just shitting all over and uh that's what we're gonna do so jenna what's up oh my god i love everything that you just said and i'm i i can't wait to get into the Erica Nardini, uh, NWHL. Let's start there. Let's start right there. Because, okay, so. You got a women in sports, like, hoodie on. I knew as soon as I saw it. I'm like, I know. this is what we got to talk um, about. This is from my girl, Allie. So, uh, Allie, I, I don't even know if I'm saying her name right. It's like uh, Ray, Ray Dig, I think. But she's That's always the problem, being like, I see your name on social media. How do I pronounce it in person? Like, you don't want to yeah. fuck it up. Like Exactly. So, Duddleston. Duddleston. I know it's, it's it's a mouthful. Um, I've gotten called like du, du, Duble, Duble Sostin. I've gotten every name under the sun. Right. Um, no, but back to Erica. So I was a little, I've been a little MIA on social media this past week. Um, just, you know, like it's not always great to be on all the time. Right. But then I was circ- like circling around and I was like, what, what's going what am i what am i missing i'm missing something because people were like talking shit about erica saying like she was like sexist and this and i'm like okay i list like what my top podcast that i listen to is the token ceo and Love i it. think there is not a smarter um wiser kinder more of a badass human being than erica fucking ardini Agreed. like there just isn't Agreed. and i'll tell you this no one no one fucking knows what the NWHL is without Erica Nardini. I had what no idea Eric, it was a thing. Exactly. What Erica Nardini has done for women's hockey, ESPN isn't doing, Fox isn't doing, NBC isn't doing, CBS isn't doing, Bleacher Report isn't doing. None of the big media companies are doing them but right. fucking Erica Nardini. So the fact that you guys aren't kissing her fucking toes right now is blasphemy. It's fucking blasphemy. And then I saw Dave's, you know, emergency press conference. And I'm like, he's 100% right. Like, right. he's so right. And I always find it funny that people are like, Barstool is so sexist and they hate women. And I'm like, okay, do any of you watch what they let their women do? Right. Like, yeah, seriously. They, they let their women be themselves. Right. You can't say that about every company. And my other thing too, is as literally right before we got on, I just logged in. I checked Barstool Chicago's um, IG story and it's the Barstool smoke shows. And I think that there's like this weird misconception of like people think that because they exploit women and their bodies with the smoke shows, like I can't even fucking imagine how many submissions they get daily Right. It's a big and blow up. Like guys, they're sending them in. It's not like their boyfriends are doing it. They're posing in bikini right. 
or in their fucking bras. And you know what? If you want to pose half naked because you feel good, bitch, go and fucking do it. That's, like, blow that's up, motherfucker. good for you. Like, if I looked like that, I'd be a barstool smoke show, too. God, right. So yeah. <laughs> I just I find the whole thing really funny um, because, again, I think it's easy to follow the herd and it's easy to follow the crowd and believe like barstool sexist and barstool hates women. And it's like, no, 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 motherfucker. Take off the cap that everyone is throwing on you and realize that what they are doing for women's hockey would have never like no one knows. No, everyone that everyone knows now. Yeah. about this because of Erica Nardini well, mic drop. <laughs> do you think like, do you think this was brilliant by the NWHL to just drive con- like controversy drives content, right? They're like, Hey, it, let's it, piss off Erica. Maybe we can piss off Dave and we'll get something out of them because now people know like Dave wouldn't have res- like Dave, if Erica was all in on tokens, like or NWHL, that's yeah. like one thing. But now that he went and pissed off Erica, pissed off. Now he got all of Barstool involved. Like is. Have you ever thought about so, it like that? So, so I, I have because I, I always think there is a, there is a, uh, there is an Oz behind the curtain that right. we don't, and we fall for it. So you always have to kind of take a step back and look. Um, I don't, I, I don't even want to give the NWHL that much credit. Um, be smart be, of it. They it did. would be smart. Yep. Part of them. But I think d- the way that Dave responded, he saw how hurt Erica was. Yeah. So I don't actually think the. NWHL did it to drive content, but it worked. It did. It did work. It, it was like they did the same worked. thing with NASCAR. Like it, NASCAR it backed out. That mm-hmm. was so dumb of NASCAR. Yeah, it, and I think. Um, but I also think you know what it is too. Um, in our society, what is new scares us because we don't understand it. And I think that what what Barstool does, it's so unique and it's so different. Yep. And there's really no like they don't have a linear projection. Like there's not, it's not like, okay, they're going to go from A to B and then B to C, like where you can see that in other companies. And I think what they do is like, they do what feels right, which is something that not a lot of people do, which is their fucking secret weapon. Right. And uh, I think that's the beauty in them, but because that means you have to listen to yourself and you have to listen inside and get really quiet. um, That scares a lot of people because a lot of people don't do that. Right. Like Dave's always said, he's, he wants to get into the mud with people because that's where he's like, I'm getting in the mud with somebody. I feel confident. Like I'm going to get out of it. And like, yeah. that's where I like the controversy drives content. He's the one who said it. He's like, all the shit I've been into is the reason we've gone up. Like their biggest, when they went and got arrested for sitting in NH or NFL headquarters. Oh my like, God. That was hilarious. It's brilliant. Like Dave Portnoy is a marketing genius that people never would have thought possible because he just goes a completely against what everybody else does. Um, I find it really funny that we can look at a person and judge them based off of their appearance. Um, I think most people do that. And part of what my show is, I try to have people not do that. Right. Um, but if you really take the time and peel back the layers of Dave Portnoy, who, who I believe is a very complex layered man who like, I'd love to sit down and chat with one day, which I hope, which I hope will happen. Um, I think he is so smart and, and has a really big heart more than people care to admit. And we've seen it now with the, the The barstool fund. And I think what they've done with the fund again, like, I, I told you before we kind of got on, like my family owns a small business and 
we've had, I mean, it's, it's fucking sucked. Like I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Like there have been days where I've walked into the bar and I'm like, Oh my God, are we never going to serve people again? Like, is like, is this it? Are we done? Like we've been in business for 82 years and uh, I know, and and there's a legacy and there's a, there's a community there and it's a place where people can go to and and they know, like, we got you, you know, like we fucking got you, man. And what's hard about that is, um, like, you know, we, 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 we've haven't been open or we've been open, but we can't really tell anyone, right, you know, exactly. like, like you're open, you're not open, you're open. Like, and, and people don't know because again, we're humans, we're creatures of habit. We need consistency. We need flow. We need to see where it goes. And if people think you've been closed, well, why would they check on you? Because you've been closed. And again, I think what Dave has done, even with the phone calls, like, I don't know if you've watched any of the phone yeah, calls, I like, watch, them like, all. like yeah. watch one of them because yeah. I'm telling you, and this is the thing that people don't understand. Like there is a human being behind each business right. and there is what you don't see is the blood, the sweat, the tears, the sacrifice, the time, the dedication and the hustle that goes into making a dream possible. Like my family's bar is called Shinnick's pub. It was my great grandparents and then it became my grandparents and now it's my mom and her eight siblings and I'm the fourth generation and I get to bartend there like how many people can say they bartend at a place where their fucking great grandparents did and their grandparents did right that's so cool it's amazing and I can I feel them there and I can have conversations with them there even though I've never met them and there is such beauty in that and I bet a lot of those businesses are, are feeling exactly what I'm feeling and I just remember the one day I was in there, I looked at my mom and I said, you know what, mom, we made it through prohibition. I don't fucking know how we're going to make this it is through. like the same thing. really. It's, but, but I'm like, yeah. we're going to make it through. I'm like, we're right. not done. We're not done serving people. We're not done taking care of people. Like we still need to be here. And I don't, and I'm like, and I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's going to be fucking hard, but we are going to make it through. And that's what we're seeing with Barstool Small Businesses is all of those people still see and feel the service that they need to give other people. Right. And they, there's, again, it's not like, I mean, again, like, I don't know all the financials and like the background, but like small business owners don't make a lot of money. They're not. Yeah. People think they're automatically rich just because they're an owner. They're not. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And again, it it comes down to, they feel in their heart that they are doing service for others and they want to give back to the people that gave to them at one point. And, you know, it might sound silly, you know, sitting there being like, what are you giving to people? What are you giving them a drink and getting them drunk? Like, no, I'm giving them a place. People need that. Okay. People need that. We need that. (laughs) We give people a place to come to when you mourn the loss of a loved one. Like we've had so many parties I, I hate saying the word party but like after funerals right, you know how many yeah, people yeah. like that's that's an irish tradition like you go to the bar you laugh you cry you cheer you toast and like that's that's part of the grieving process so we give people a place to come and grieve we've also celebrated birthdays we've celebrated engagements um we have been the beginning place for a lot of people where they've met their loved ones you know and they're right. and i'm like you know how cool that is like that's that so their cool. kids can maybe come in here and be like dude my mom and dad met here yeah. Like my mom and dad <laughs> fucking met here, you know, like that's I don't know if awesome. I could go, I don't know if I'd want to go to that bar and be like, ah, oh, this is where my parents like saw her across the bar, like saw him across like Yeah. 
but, but, but there's such a, there's a service and there's a wanting to give back. And there's a sense of community that I think we give to our patrons and to the people who come in. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. There are still people I haven't seen since March of 2020 and we're right. approaching March of 2021. I know, it's and I, quick. and I, I, I check in on them like, Hey, you know, I haven't talked to you. Like, hope you're good. You know? And like, I get it. Um, but it, again, tra- tying back to Barstool, like they understand the human element of this which is something that a lot of people forget about. And they're getting to those emotions and to those feelings that connect us all as fucking people. And I applaud them so much. And I get why some people don't like them. Like, again, okay, look at me. I am a woman in sports. Do you know how many women in sports that I know who despise Barstool. (laughs) I can't change their opinion. I can't change their mind. What you feel is what you feel. And that's totally fine. But I see it from a different lens and I can't change the way that I see that from that lens. And what they're doing is more than what most government officials have done. A hundred percent. You can't like, there's, I mean, you shut down, they're like, Hey, you can open up like Michigan decided that they can open up all of a sudden, but 25% and then 10 PM curfew. It's like, how much money are you really going to be able to make from being a quarter of the way open for half the time you normally like? I feel like most bars make their money between 10 and 2 a.m. Okay, I am a Saturday night bartender. So that's where your money comes from. I work from seven to three. Yeah. People come in, like you said, at 10 o'clock. That's when people show up to the bars. So, <laughs> so it's it's been weird because like Chicago curfew has been, it start, I think it's been 11 normally. Is that yes. crazy just to hear the word curfew like we're back in middle school? It reminds me of some Hunger Games style Why? shit. Right, it's like you Pop have to go up. home at 10 o'clock. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? I hate it. Um, But the, it's been weird because I'm like, I get there. So it's like that first hour that like seven, seven to eight. And then eight to nine, you're kind of, you're still like setting up the bar. And then I'm having conversations with people that are my regulars who aren't my, my late night regulars, you know? Um, And then I get ready for my late, my late night regulars to come in. And then I'm like, guys, I have to close. It's like, guys, I have to close. I'm sorry. Sorry, (laughs) Yeah. Um, The other thing too, that I don't think people understand. And again, I, I, so I've, I've been a bartender for people who are listening for eight years um, now. And I've been in the restaurant industry and the bartending industry for eight years. Um, Cause besides my family's bar, I also work at a restaurant in downtown Chicago called Pizzeria Portofino. Um, It's a part of like Bill and Juliana's restaurant chain. Okay. Um, And, uh, that what's interesting is, and I've noticed this trend throughout the years, is we have peak seasons for restaurants, depending on where you live in the country. So I'm just going to give Midwest because you and I are Midwest people, and that's what how I can break it down. Um, as, as someone who has made their money off of tips, I know when I make my most money and when I don't, and I know when to squirrel fund when I make my most to save it for the months I don't make it. So what I mean by that is... Um, I, in summertime, like summertime shy, you've heard of it. People in Chicago stay here for the God awful winters because there is nothing like summertime in in the city of Chicago. And it is the God's honest truth. So from May until what's the end? Labor Day, right? Is that right? Yeah, Labor Day. Day. Um, Memorial Day to Labor Day is like. Memorial Day to Labor Day is like peak season. Like it just doesn't stop. And again, that's when I'm like, I know I'm going to make a lot of money. I work at a place on the riverfront there's baseball season my family's bars in the shadows of Sox park so that's a contributing factor as well so i know i'm making 
an abnormally more amount of money than I would on the other times. Right. Now, from let's say mid-September to right before uh, Thanksgiving is a little bit of a lull, okay? Because everyone's kind of partied out from summer. Um, a lot of people are, you know, starting to save up money for the holidays. So going out is go not, out. Yeah. yeah. So going out is not a quote-unquote necessity. Um, then from Thanksgiving until the first week normally of January is like boom. And it's when, again, people are extra generous with tips. Um, people are going out shopping with their families, which means they're also going out and getting lunch or dinner because right. they're making it a day. You're doing, you're, you're doing, you're having a day. Right. Okay. And then after that, it, you fall off of a cliff. And what I mean by that is, and this is what I'm experiencing now. And this is what sometimes people don't always get is like, I know in the months of January, February, March, even part of April, St. Patty's Day, March. So, so again, St. Patrick's Day is that that day I make money to to last me for like two months. Right. And so again, that's, that's my squirrel fund that goes into the squirrel fund. But January, I have one big weekend, which is always the um, it's the f- the first playoff football weekend. So like yeah. the yeah. NFC AFC. Well, I mean, in Chicago, like do they ever really make it to the playoffs? Well, they don't, but it's a big like <laughs> maybe five. first round. Sometimes go right. eight and eight, and they get a wild card and lose. Not, but it's not even that people still want to go out and like right. celebrate football. Right. So that is the, that is the last time I will make money is that weekend. So we couldn't go out that day. And now people aren't already going out that day because you can't go out. Right. And the, and we get fuck we get fucking polar vortexes. Like right. Nobody's going outside when it's 10 degrees. Dude, I believe today or tomorrow the low is eight. Yeah, it's gonna be cold we, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah guys. Let's let's, let's casually take a walk over to the bar and have let's some do dinner. outdoor dining. Yeah, it's supposed to be like here the low is eight yeah. degrees. Yeah. Exactly. And so no without one, wind chill. That's with another, the, without wind chill. You add a fucking yeah. wind chill here, my god. Negative Shiver into your bones, your nipples can right. slice glass. It's that right. fucking it's freezing horrible. here. It's horrible. awful. And so <laughs> that's what I'm experiencing now is like I just worked last night again. Thank God we had indoor dining because it was freezing in the restaurant. Right. And so now what are you guys at? Like 50%, 25%, 25%. So how does like, how do you, how do you decide that? Like what's your max occupancy you can have right now? So I don't know what our, what the quote unquote number is, but the way that we have it is like, we have, we've removed tables from the restaurant. Right. So, so all the tables that we have in there are the tables that can be sat at 25. Okay. That makes sense. It's kind of, it's kind of how it goes. And then right. like we have a, a giant like booth along the wall and we have to alternate every booth. So on the boots that we can't use, we like decorate it with like floral decor, right. and bottles of wine, stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's been really just, cra- it, it's been really crazy to say the least because um, like you just, you don't know. And like, like, right. They're going to shut it down again, like two weeks. Exactly. Like we, they could shut it down again. And then you're like, yeah. all right, well then I'm fucked again. And like, right. and then the other part is, and, and I, I don't always like to share this, but because I think sometimes people are numbers people, you have to understand the number side of it. And I, I'm not a numbers person. I'm, I'm just not, not a numbers but, guy. Not but, the last thing. But, yeah. but this is the truth. Um, so on unemployment, I was probably making like, let's just like, we'll go on the low end, like 20, 2,500. Okay. Something like something along those lines. Now, when I worked at my, my restaurant, okay. Which is going to sound crazy. We don't get tipped out at the end of each day. It's, it's a, we get paid every two weeks. It goes on a check, which I like because it's easier for taxes. Right. Um, I used to make as a bartender working four, five days a week, not always working the weekends, mind you. Um, my paycheck every two weeks was anywhere between 
2,400 to $3,000. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I used to make $500 on a Friday night working four and a half hours. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, now, now this is the, this is where I'm getting to. When I came back, um, it, I came back in October. That was when I finally got to come back to my restaurant. It, the, the trickle down right. effect. Right. Um, I got my first paycheck back and it was $525 for two weeks. Sucks. And I looked at it. Like what's the point of working then? Okay. So I, I looked at that check and I was like, it was like a punch to the gut. And yeah. I said, I can't quit my job because then I don't get unemployment, but I can't go back on unemployment because I have a job. It's so, it's so backwards. The whole system's just the so- whole system. And again, it's like, I made more money on unemployment. So why would I try to get a job? There's like no point. answer, answer. There's like, there's if you no can point. logically break that down for me, because like, like girl got to eat, girl got to sleep. Girl needs like essentials. Like there are, you know, like right. got to pay the bills. Like, you know, it's as simple as that. Um, and I don't always like sharing that story, but I think it's, I think it's important for people. It's important to see where like the service industry is at right now. And it has yeah. been decimated. It's been decimated. And even like my, like, and I come from a very unique background because I come from a family bar background. And then I work for Pizzeria Portofino, which is Let Us Entertain You, which is one of the largest privately run restaurant groups in the country. And they have a lot of big time investors, like right. a lot of big time investors. And the building that I'm in is a four level building. So it's Pizzeria Portofino, RPM events and RPM seafood. RPM is a really big, it's uh, that's uh, the Melmans and the Ran- okay. Juliana and Bill Rancic. Okay. Um, it was a $55 million project. They make no money now. And then this happened. So again, it's like still got to pay the rent. You still got to pay the rent. The the partners still have to put in money. The partners are losing money every month. And I don't always have to ask our managers, but you can see it on their face. And that's the sad part is like, no restaurant owner right now is like, Hey, this is like, this is good. It's (laughs) not. Yeah. And I think again, like people, and I've talked to a lot of different small business owners and the last woman I had on my show um, is actually who I work out with. It's like pure bar West loop. It's pure bar. Yeah. And, um, sh- she said it so eloquently and she said, just because our doors are open does not mean we're okay. Right. And that's the part that people don't understand is right. Like you guys are open. You can make no, like restaurants, like the margins for restaurants, like, you know, this, like it's so small, like in- until they're at like pretty much full capacity, they're not making money to like put away. They're you're just making, getting you're surviving by. Yeah, and, and trying, yeah. you're trying and what people Again, the other side of it, because I've, I'm not, I'm not a manager. I'm, I'm a bartender, but, um, I see, I see the behind the scenes, you know, I see the odds behind the curtain and I used to work lunch. So I would always get there. I worked like Monday, Friday lunch. And when I would get in was when all the deliveries got in for the, for the food shipment. Um, and it was a lot like, Cause again, they were feeding us and the upstairs. So I saw all the food that came in for the entire building. And you think about the seafood, you think about the meat, you think about the vegetables, you think about the fruit and you think about the, the cooking, the oils, the salts, the seasoning, all of that stuff. Certain things have a shelf life. Right. And that's the other part that people don't understand is if you pay attention, like look at the places by you. And a lot of people are like, why don't you have this on your menu anymore? It was here last time. And it's like, 
And I do this example with chicken wings. Okay. I fucking love chicken wings. Like I'm one of the, I'm that savage motherfucker who can like rip it out and I don't care. No shame. That's awesome. That's awesome. It is. Um, (laughs) People, people have no idea how expensive chicken wings are. Really? Think, think about it. Okay. You got a bird and you get four because they got a wing. Okay. You get four. Now, how many come on a plate normally? Six to eight? Six. Yeah. I was thinking like 16. Okay. Yeah. Or there's that. So if I am a restaurant place and it's expensive to buy and there is a shelf life. And if I can't guarantee that those are going to sell them, why would you buy them? Right. So people are buying lower cost food items because they know that they're going to sell. If you have like, even like, again, I above me is RPM seafood. Okay. It is predominantly seafood. The seafood industry has been hit extremely hard because that's only good fresh. It's only good fresh. And again, it has a shelf life. So they, when, when I, I could, I saw it in our company, they did like, they pushed certain things first because of the shelf life of food. You totally saw it. And seafood was the first thing to push. And then it was the steaks and the red meats. I'm at a pizzeria. Pizza dough is not going to go bad. It's done. Right. You know what I mean? So we're definitely on the bottom of what's going to be sold. Um, so just you got to be like cognizant of that, of like, you know, as much as like, yeah, you want the doors open, but we're at 25 percent. But then the, is it the even way, worth it? Yeah. Is it even worth it? And then you got to order your food. And it's like, well, what am I going to order? Because I can't guarantee that like what people are going to what we order is what people are going to buy. Like, right. You go off. You got to have a small menu. You have to have a small menu. And like, we've taken all of our seafood off of our menu, which sucked because for, as again, as someone who makes money off of tips, our seafood items were the higher priced items. Right. So more- as a, as a server, as a salesman, what am I pushing? I'm pushing the seafood items. Oh my. And I mean it too, because they're great options, but higher ticket costs means higher tip out for me, which means more money in my bank account. And so you, you're thinking about that too, as you're selling these things and they're not on our menu anymore. But People shouldn't be allowed. Like if it's 25% occupancy, you should not allowed to be taking up room. If you're not tipping 25% plus like even 30%. Okay. So shouldn't even be allowed to be there. It's going to be my last thing. And then we can move on to the next topic. Cause I could obviously talk about this all day. <laughs> um, I, in the beginning of January had a like total breaking point where I was like, Oh my God, I think I'm going to quit mid shift. I didn't want to do this. I've been with this company for eight years. I don't want to go out like this. No, what? that's not the right way to do it. Right. Um, I had, so I'm bartending and serving because it's again, the, the dynamic has changed. I had a table whose bill was, $61. So the 20% tip of that is normally like 12 bucks. Okay. They tip me $2. That's so backwards. Okay. Then, then that's not even, then I had another table, um, five girls. Um, and this is not to make fun of girls. I'm just painting the picture. Um, they split their bill like three ways, which again, totally fine. I have no problem doing it. We have a computer system that allows me to do it. It just takes me an extra minute. The one girl, whose bill I split, she had like hella food allergies. So when someone has a lot of food allergies, you have to double check with the kitchen. Like, can we make this? You know, there are like certain protocols you have to do to, right. to make sure that like, we don't potentially fucking kill these people after shooting with an EpiPen. Yeah, that'd be bad. Her, her bill was $84. So $84 average 20% is like 16, $17. Okay. She tipped me four bucks. So bad. Now what people, people, now what people don't understand about that is I have to tip out at the end of the night, 6% of all of my sales. So yes, yes. That's, that's kind of average for most places. So I'm pulling up. So 84, um, 
84 times 6% means I have to tip out $5 and four cents, which means I have to, I owe the house a dollar and four cents. That sucks. So that's again. So even though we say 20%, I have to tip out, which means I'm only getting 14% of that 20% that you're giving me. Cause I have food runners. I have a bus boy. I have a bar. I have a bartender. I have a bar back. Like you have other people in the house you have to tip out. And so that's the, that's the other side of it that people don't understand. And I say this not to be like, I want all the money for myself, but like, if you got to help people out, if you cannot tip minimum 20%, do not go out. Agreed. Do not that's go out. Would, that's how it's been like always though. Like it should be, but I'm telling you, I, it's, it, I was like, oh my God, I literally, I, I had a fucking child tell me they needed more simple syrup in her mocktail and was five years old. And the mother sat there and let her daughter talk to me like this. And I was like, God, give me fucking grace. Like, this is I'm going to throw this child in the I'm river. Out. I'm going to throw like, this child <laughs> in the river. I'm done. Like I'm out. That's crazy. I love yeah, that though. I love that. So tell me about your show. Like give me top, like top two or three favorite guests you've ever had on. Oh God, that's so hard. Um, so, so bar talk with Jenna Duddleston. Um, the basic premise of the show is to help people realize that we have more in common with each other than we have different. And as someone who bartended, this is kind of where this inspiration came from. I just had, I ended up having some of the most meaningful and impactful conversations behind a bar or at a bar with, you know, people I knew, random customers, regulars, family, friends, whoever it was. And there's just something like, uh, there's like a, like your walls come down when you sit down here and I don't know what it is about it, but I've, but I found that that happens to people. And those were the conversations that I craved. And those were the conversations I wanted to talk about. And I was like, I want to do that, you know? And, um, I had actually planned on starting this originally as a podcast at the bar yeah, like I was going to use the bar, but then I wanted to do it privately, like at, at my house, like, I, like everything you see here, like what I'm on right now, there's a bar. Like I have bottles underneath here. I have glasses. Um, yeah, six setup. Yeah. I love, I love my setup. It's taken a lot of time to get it here, but it's like exactly how I en- had envisioned it. Um, but I had, was planning on starting it in April of 2020 come White Sox opening day. I had guests lined up a good kind of a variety of different people. And, um, basically I, I lost my job in in March. And uh, I said to myself, Jenna, you get one day, you get one day to be sad. So I got my car, my roommate, my roommates at the time were like, you'll get a job. It's fine. Like we'll get you a babysitting job. And I was like, you guys don't get it. So I, I I left the house. I got in my car and I I drove and I cried and I screamed and I asked God why. And I was like, I'm going to have no income. I have no money in my bank account. What the fuck is going to happen? I am royally fucked. So I said, cry, getting your feelings, feel it. You get one day to feel it. And then I woke up the next day and I said, okay, what are you going to do about it, Jenna? You need a reason to get out of bed every day because I will easily be that person who lays in bed until 5 a.m. in the morning watching Netflix and wakes up at 3 in the afternoon and it's not going to be good for my mental health. I can't no, do it. No, I totally agree. No, that so, could be bad so quick. Yeah, so I said to myself, um, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to bartend. And I said, well, how can I bartend with everyone at home? And then, and then it was like, ding, like light bulb. And I was like, Jenna, you have the whole setup in the basement already fucking do it. Like I had, I already had some guests lined up. I'm like, everyone's going to be drinking at home. I have everyone everyone stuck at home. Why not do Instagram live? This isn't the, this was not the plan. 
what it's better than the plan. Maybe this was always the plan. Right. So I reached out to one of my girlfriends, Madison Cuckoo. Um, and I told her, I was like, will you be my first guest? And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I just need you to go with me here. It's going to be light. Like just, just kind of ride the wave with me. So she was like, okay. And again, Instagram live is so terrifying because I remember being, I was like, what if like five people show up and it's like my mom and my roommates upstairs. And right. then like her and her and the girl's mom, like, what if that's it? You know, yep. you got to grind through those sessions. You, You're like, oh I'm my here, God. I'm in it. Oh my God. So we go on and we had like 250 people. Ah, that's sweet. I was like, whoa. And then it went so well that my, another girl was like, well, I'll come on. And I was like, okay. So I did in the first 20 days, I did 19 shows. That's a lot. And then I ended up doing 40 shows in 10 weeks. That's a lot. Because we were all stuck at home. Ever, I was like, this is, this is it. Like, this is your time to do it. Let, let's, this is the right. time to do it. Like, right. connect with people, get to know people. I don't want people to feel like they're alone. And so it was so interesting because the comment section and all of this was fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, that was the best part was like people were arguing with each other. So I'd be talking, but like still having to pay attention to the comments comments and I was like you guys are savages right now but it <laughs> felt like being in a bar like that's right. and that's what I loved it it gave that sense that's of sweet. a bar community and I loved it and within my first so one a really good family friend of mine his name is Brian Luce Brian is like a, a big wig executive producer or something with Chicago PD the TV show oh that's sweet yeah, he's a badass. And I wanted to have Brian on because Brian's this like ball busting motherfucker. And he was a detective with the Chicago police department for years. And I was like, he's got a story and people love him. Um, and the, you know, he also has a big following because of PD. And I was like, right. I, I want to talk to him. So I called him and he was so nervous and he was like, I don't want to, I don't know. And I was like, Brian, like, I want to, he's like, I don't know anything about sports. And I was like, I'm not, we're not talking about not sports. sports. I'm talking about <laughs> you, dude. Like, and so once I said that, he was like, okay. And then he's like, well, wait a second. Um, someone owes me a favor. LaRoy Hawkins, who is at water on Chicago PD. Wow. He's like, he owes me a favor. How about he comes on? And I was like, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Bob. You said that in my bed. Can you say that again? And this was the sixth show. That's crazy. He was my sixth guest. And I, and I think, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but obviously it was live. So he had hella followers and we ended up going live for an hour and 15 minutes. Like, do you record off. these and put them on your podcast? So they're all on YouTube. Um, okay. you can like rewatch every, I have everything on YouTube. Okay. Um, that's, is that your biggest thing you think is your YouTube? I don't really know, to be honest. I don't look at my numbers either. I don't give a I, fuck. It's, it's a dark hole. If you look yeah. at your numbers, you can't no, really do that. No. Um, but so he came on and I, it was, it was, it was the wildest, craziest show that I've ever done. Um, he is such a good guy. Like, like, he's, so like fun. he's, he's absolutely, Royce is absolutely great, but I, I'm not kidding you. I think at one point we hit like 5,000 people were tuned in. That's sick. And I just remember like, and then when it was done, my phone with so many people I knew in my neighborhood, I had like 30 text messages within like a minute. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? That's awesome. And me and my roommates got wasted in our living room. And <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so much fun. We had a dance party. I love that. Um, so that's gotta be number one then. That's gotta be guest number one. He's, he's definitely up there. He's definitely up there. Um, 
It's really hard though. Like I'm not even going to lie. It's really hard to pick a guest um, because I think each guest brings something different. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say this, like, I, I think my, one of my favorite episodes, which I actually, I screen recorded it on Instagram live and I lost it was with Brett Sopel, Brett Sopel, um, Stanley cup winner with the Chicago Blackhawks in sick. 2010. Um, I, we, we shared a mutual friend in common and it turned out that Brett Sopel was dyslexic or is dyslexic and I'm dyslexic as well. And I was like, I have to meet this man. I have to talk to him. And it was the, and, and it makes me sick to my stomach that I lost this interview because it was so special. It's so hard. It's it so was, hard to oh, lose it, us. It made me, it made me so sad, but yeah. like, um, what Brett is doing now is incredible and, um, or Brent Seabrook, sorry. Sopel, Brett Sopel, Brett, Brett is just, it's incredible. And it was the best interview. Um, but I've also interviewed, like I interviewed Luke Gregerson who won the world series with the Houston Astros with that giant cheating scandal. And we got to talk about that. And I was like, surprised he talked about that. I I was too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, That's something I'd be like, I like, did he bring it up or did you bring it up? So we talked before. So what most people don't understand is like, before each of my interviews, I always have kind of like a pre-conversation, you know, um, like this is kind of what I want to chat about. Um, I would never put you in like a, I don't want to put you on the spotlight and then like, like, why'd you cheat bro? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, and I told him, I was like, I would like to talk about this, but if you don't want to talk about it, we won't. And he was like, we can talk about it. And I was like, golden, yeah, fucking golden. And I, uh, it was my first time ever having a conversation with someone who had been a part of like a scandal. And so I, I was a little weary about, I was like, Oh my God, like, how do I do this? I've never how done this deep before. Do you dive into it. Well. And so I, I reached out to my like circle of, of women in sports who, and I was like, Hey, has anyone dealt with this? Like, I kind of just need a little bit of guidance. Um, but I literally asked one question and I had a list of questions lined up. Like, like I want like, the, do like you follow- write shit down like that? Yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. oh my I have, gosh. I, have I don't know how script. you do that. I don't I know a, how you do it. I have a script. I practice beforehand too. Like I'll get on zoom and like practice the way I want to ask my questions. Um, good for you. Yeah. You have to, I, I, th- I think you have to, I think, you know, I try to make it, I try to make it look as organic as possible, but there is practice in making it look organic yeah. as possible. And they are like, I don't, I won't, I only let myself go over it once. Cause I think if you go over it too many yeah, times, get inside you, your head. You, well, yeah, you lose the like authenticity right. of it. Um, so I do that. And then with him, all I said to him was, um, we can't talk about that year without talking about that cheating scandal. Can you just take me through your perspective as someone? Did you say throw away your ring? I didn't say that. That's um, like, sorry, bro. Whatever ring you got, toss it in the trash. Um, but he answered every follow-up question I had. So I didn't even have to ask. That's that crazy. The, That's that so the, cool though. So, yeah, that was the beauty of it. Like, you know, you just kind of got to talk, but, but I, again, so that was a cool one, but another great conversation that I had was with an old teammate of mine. So I was a volleyball player, like my whole life played in college. Nice. Um, one of my earliest teammates, we played together when we were 13 to 18. Her name is Chelsea Cunningham and Chelsea, um, Chelsea and I got along because we were like the two city kids playing out in the suburbs with a bunch of suburban kids. And <laughs> I'm a suburb kid. Okay. Sorry. Los Santo. Um, (laughs) But, but Chelsea, Chelsea is black and I, we, me and her have always gotten along. We had this really weird banter forever that people were like, I thought you two hated each other. I was like, no, that's, that's my girl. Like, but that's just how we talked. 
Yeah, yeah, like competition, but like we, it was that like city language I think we had too. And uh, I took a month off in June, mainly because I, I was, I was getting to a place where I was like, I'm getting burnt out. I want to be really genuine with the conversations right. I give people, but I can't do that if I'm not taking care of me. And um, I was like, well. I've taken a lot of time off. How do we come back? I don't want to avoid the elephant in the room, which is I live in Chicago. I saw how awful it was. Like I can't ever unsee what the fuck I saw here. And it was painful to see. Um, And so it brought up a lot. I think a lot of people had conversations they didn't expect. And my mom said to me, Jenna, um, do you think you were a good teammate? And I kind of stopped. I was like, mom, what do you mean? And she was like, well, Jenna, you've been teammates with girls who were, who are black, you know, Hispanic, like, did you think you were a good teammate? And it, again, light bulb went off. And I was like, I think if you were to ask younger Jenna that the answer is yes. But knowing what I know now at 28, I don't know if the answer is still yes. So I reached out to Chelsea and I said, um, Chelsea, I want to have you on. And this is what I want to talk about. I want to, and the, the head, the title was how to be a good teammate, because I, I like think, that. yeah. And I think, you know, as someone who, like I love sports and I think the beauty of sports is um, you're all working towards a collective goal and you can hate who you're working with, but if you all share a common goal, you don't care what you hate about them because you know, they're going to help. They're going to bring you You together. You want to win. And I wanted to win and Chelsea wanted to win. And, you know, but we also liked each other too, which I think, you know, was a reason why we were able to have this conversation. Um, But it was a very honest, raw conversation that, when I started pursuing this, I was like, I didn't think I'd have a conversation like this, but I think it was an important conversation to have. And um, I'm happy that we had it. And it's funny because like, that's one of the most, it's like top four of my podcast that's been downloaded. So you look, I, so you do look at the numbers. Well, I do like you, you have to, you have to see what, what sticks right, and what, what doesn't. Works. Yeah. I try not to fall down the rabbit hole of like, so do you, you like know. more iTunes or Spotify? I'm an iTunes person. Yeah. And, I, and, and podcast is my, my biggest, um, like by a landslide is my biggest, right. uh, contributor, I guess, of how people listen. Yeah, no. So I like, I first started looking at my stuff and then I like, fuck it. I don't even care. Like if, if I'll listen to like, if one person listens to it and it helped, I'm golden. Like, I don't yeah. like if it'd be, I mean, of course, like, yeah, it'd be sick if you had like thousands of people listening to your stuff. Oh yeah. But, like. I'm like, I, I look at it and I'm like, then you, then you see it. I'm like, shit, that had like five listeners. I spent like two hours on that. <laughs> You're <know>. like, <laughs> well, and, but I think, so you bring up a good point and that comes back to the, you have to ask yourself, um, like, do you want this? Right. And, and that was something like, you know, whatever you want to call it, God, the universe spirit, um, they're going to test you and they're going to throw shit in your way to be like, do you actually want this dream? Because if you want it, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you a test and it's going to derail you a little bit, but if you want it, get back on path and figure out what you need to do. And and that's, what's going to happen is it's not going to be handed to you on a plate where you're like, Oh my God, you have it. This is great. Okay. Don't go make instant fame. It doesn't doesn't work like that. And I think if it did work like that, the, the people who get there, they would, it wouldn't be as meaningful. There'd be more people there. And, and not that all those people don't deserve to get there, but like, but it's a grind and it's a hustle and, and you got to work. And right. so it's, even the TikTok kids, like people are like, they just even like, the, the wiggle dickers, like the, the, the wiggle the, the, is the wiggle dick. And what's the, what's the one house? 
the sway it's the, the sway house the sway yeah, house the sway boys like sway yeah. boys like give credit where credit's due like them motherfuckers work their asses off they and again to, yeah they took a ton of shit like if i knew there was kids like when i was in high school like doing that do you know how like brutal people would have been to them like those kids must yeah. have been getting like tons of shit picked on all the time but again, and now they are, took it. And now they're like, well, pick on me, buddy. Like those like, are the people that are the most resilient like, in life. Yeah. They're like, the most resilient thought? in life. Yeah. Are you on TikTok? No, dude, I can't do it. Have you thought about I, like just putting your shit on TikTok? I have. And to be honest, like, I think what's where I'm at is I'm like, oh my God, like I am on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I upload all of these to all the social media platforms. And I'm like, do I really want to add TikTok? Fucking TikTok's TikTok? different too. You got to like do different things. And I don't, and I don't get, I don't understand. Like, that's not the right word of saying it. Um, I don't want to fall down the TikTok rabbit hole because you don't ever fucking come out. You just swipe, swipe, swipe. And, and it just goes. And I think it's so like, I'd rather fill my time like, journaling right. reading a book you can find meditating. yourself swiping up for hours on tiktok and even like i have girlfriends that are like tiktok made me do it tiktok made me do it i'm like have you added up how much money tiktok has made from you it's a lot it's a lot of fucking money it's <laughs> Social a lot media of marketing man that's where it's all at there's smart motherfuckers out there they are they're smart ass, they're, they're, they're oz behind the curtain we just don't see it I know. I love it. I love yeah. it. But this was fun. Like, I think yeah. like people need to have like more conversations like this. And like, for me, I know it's, it's cool to see other people doing the same thing. And like, you get like the whole, not looking at numbers, like how long shit takes. Like we were both talking about it earlier about how our Instagrams get shut down like daily because of how many people we try and DM to get on our show. Like yeah. I got mine shut down. Like I think the coolest one, like every once in a while though, you'll get like a response and they'll be like, yeah, I'll come on the show. Yeah, so like sick. I'm super excited. And then boom, nothing like Ray Fulcher. That guy's on my list. Like, I don't know. Do you listen yeah. to country music? I do. I actually don't know who Ray. Col so he Culture? was going on like, you know, the song one too many Luke Combs. Yeah. So he was going on tour with Luke Combs. He wrote that song for him. Like, wow. so he was coming on the show and then like, stop responding to me. I was like, this scumbag. Like Ray Fulcher got my list. So I, I had someone like that too, not, uh, in the music realm. So I love, um, Yellowstone, the, okay. Yeah. Do you, yeah. have you ever watched it? I've never watched it. Okay. So, awesome. uh, it's amazing. And what I loved about Yellowstone was the soundtrack. Like I've never, I've never in my life watched something where the music that was being played in the background amplified the scene. Right. Like I've, I've never, and I was like, what is this job called? What is this title? Who does this? I need to interview this person. Like, <laughs> like I have to. So I literally found her on Instagram and I tweeted her because I couldn't DM her. And I was like, I just, I'm obsessed with Yellowstone. I love the music even more. I'd love to have, I have a podcast. I'd love to have you on. And then I followed up with also, I'm a human and not a robot. Please respond back to me. Right. So yeah, we were, we DM'd back and forth and she was like, I will totally do this. I'm in the midst right now of like, they were filming. So she was like doing her job. So I was like, I get it. I'll re-reach out to you in a month. And again, like was totally down, totally on board. And then just crickets. And I just didn't hear. And I was I like, hate oh, that. it's like, 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 oh, when you, have you ever got a manager? Like somebody be like, yeah, I just talked to my manager. 
I haven't gotten those. Well, I, I, those are way harder when you start talking to a manager, especially when they like, like, yeah, like just tell me about your show. And they're like, then they look at your like analytics and shit. And they're like, you got like 20 reviews on your last episode. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Like, what do you want me to say? It's, it's hard. Like, I I mean, believe me, I I'm working on trying to get, I don't even want to say the name because I I don't want to jinx it, but we're on it. it. I love name drop. I can't, we're we're not, we're not dropping names because I, 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 I'm, I'm, I I want this to work so bad that I don't want to say anything. (laughs) Um, but it was it the timing just hasn't lined up and and they've and again i've been talking to the manager and they're they're just like you know um at first it was like a seasonal thing which again i'm like totally understand and then it's like you know we're trying to plan things out right now and i was like again totally understand like i i have no problem waiting and i also think too like what i've had to learn is like things will happen exactly when they're meant to happen right you can't force or rush fate, destiny, whatever you want to call it. Like the pieces will fall the way that they are meant to fall. You just kind of got to put in the work and throw it out there. And when it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So, right. I agree with that. Do you spam people back though? Like if they stop responding, like I'll see it, but then I like, I'm kind of like petty in the fact that like, if I DM them and then like, if I somehow ever get famous, they want to come on the show. Like it's a negative, like there's four four people on my list that are like, no. Okay. So I'm going to give you a piece of advice and it's, it's, it's hard advice to take, but I think take, it'll help. See. Um, I have learned not to take anything personal. Don't burn bridges. Yeah. I kind of think it's like the same. So, like- so I think what I've had, what I've had to tell myself again, because I'm at episode 56 right now, which means I've had 56 guests. I'm not always like I've done a few solo shows. Which um, are way harder. Which are very hard. Um, but I've learned that, in, in our heads, as much as we're like, why wouldn't you get back to me? Fuck, I wanted this. God, that's so ignorant of you not to respond, you know, but like, like again, I, I've been there, but then I have to step back and be like, Jenna, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's on their plate. You don't right. know. Or if they even saw the deal. If they, yeah. So like, <laughs> I, I, so I've, my biggest thing that I've done is I'm like, I just, I don't, I can't, I can't take it personal because it's so, it ends up being so toxic to yourself. And I think a lot of times too, like, People are just going through shit that like, we just don't know about. So I'm like, if right. you can't come on, that's totally fine. Maybe, maybe one day it'll work, you know, like all the blue check marks. Yeah. You know, like, and even, but even like some of the non blue check mark people, I think have been some of the best conversations. Yeah, I've no, handled. I agree. Like, yeah, my, like one of my favorite ones I did was with this guy named Nick Weeby. And do you watch the bachelor? I have just gotten into it uh, with uh Claire slash Tasha season. So oh, I'm God, I hated that. Claire. I hated Claire. I, I feel bad for her. I love The Bachelor. Love you it do. to death. Uh, so Sydney LaDuca, who was on like Tasha, she was, she was with Tasha in that last season. Like she get t- came into that group day, but she was on Colton season, like Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, okay. Her boyfriend, Nick Weeby, this guy's awesome. Like my number one man crush ever is Nick Weeby. He like, you. he was my first interview and I DM him because he went like viral on TikTok. And I DM him, I was like, hey, like, You'll be my first guest. Like I didn't tell him he was be my first guest. Like never done this before, but whatever. Yeah. And he came on the show. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And then all of a sudden he had this story. Like his life story was him. He was a college football player at university of Annapolis, like an all stud, uh, came home for a graduation party, dive into a pool, broke his neck, told him they were, he was never going to walk in, like went into emergency surgery, said he was gonna be a quadriplegic. Like his parents were told, like, go say your goodbyes to him. Like, we have no idea if this is going to work. I was like, holy shit like i just thought like you were talking about a viral tiktoker and then so he went in and, and then three days later he like 
sat up in his chair and then he walked out of the hospital. Do you know what that's called? That's a called miracle. No, that's called striking gold. What you just did. Yeah. He was that's, awesome. Yeah. That's no, like, what like, most people who interview like that, that's gold yeah. is like, like that, that's what I call that. And those are the stories that I awesome that I'm like, that's what connects people. And I had a very similar story, a buddy I went to high school with, it happened to him over the summer. And we heard, he literally dove into the pool, like wasn't even drunk, like not like it wasn't like happens. It just happened. And he said he was floating and he was like, I wonder how long it's going to take for my mom and my girlfriend to realize that I'm not messing around before I, before I drown to death. And they got him and went into surgery. We just heard it was like, people were like, say your prayers. We don't know what's going to happen. And this was a kid who like, like John very much turned his life around and, you know, like started, you know, really got in tune to his body and like taking care of his body. And, you know, he built up muscle and now all that muscle is gone. And that, and again, but, but the beauty of it now and, and why I was so drawn to like, I, we need to talk, John was like, he literally got told he would never be able to use his hands again. He got told he would never be able to pee on his own again. He would never be able to walk. Um, And within five months, not only is he walking, he's running, he's boxing, he's lifting things and he can fucking flip you off too. And and I just remember being like, John, what you are going to do now in your life is going to be more impactful than you could have ever imagined. And I am so happy that like, I get to be in his corner cheering him on to be like, I know that guy, like that guy's a fucking badass, And like, just watch and wait and see what he does. Perception, right? Like he has now like the ultimate perception of, listen, I couldn't walk like mm-hmm. how the little things that we take for granted, like all the time, like getting up and just like going to the bathroom. Like he was like, dude, I was there. Like I couldn't do it. And then yeah. he gets it back. Mm-hmm. That's where you're like all the little shit that we deal with. Who cares? And Whoa. it's hard. Like, and I don't ever like, I don't like want to like minimize people's problems. Right. Because all problems, like problems are problems. Like even if you grew up in like rich neighborhood, whatever, somewhere else, whatever, like problems are problems, but damn perception is reality. Sometimes when like you get, you can't walk anymore, then you get it back. It's crazy to me. I love it. But that whole striking gold thing, like I had Rick Barker on the show. He was Taylor Swift's first manager. Like he like went on tour with Taylor Swift, like everything. I had no idea until he like said it. Mm -hmm. I was like, what i just like i just had him on the show like he looked cool he's like all over instagram and shit i was like how did this happen no idea i also like you do a better job than i do of like rehearsing your stuff like looking people up like i do a terrible job of that well and it takes time and like i'll say what i end up doing too is like um when i know i'm gonna interview someone I start researching and that that's actually my favorite process of them all is like, I remember one day I actually had a, I was supposed to be on this like zoom call and I forgot about it because I fell down the rabbit hole of interview. Like, like I was like 20 pages deep in Google, like finding stuff out about Kevin Burkhart. Um, I got to interview Kevin Burkhart who uh, does play by play football for Fox. And then is yeah. the MLB pre and post game show with like a Rob cool. big poppy and the big That's herd. So yeah, cool. it was, it was fucking awesome. But my biggest, my, my biggest thing that I always try to do when I'm interviewing someone is I don't ever want to ask them a question they've already been asked. Right. And that's hard, like especially, that. especially when you get to some of the bigger name people, like right. the, 
like a Kevin Burkhardt, who's been in the industry now for, you know, 10, 15 years or something like that. Um, he got started later in life, but like, how do you ask someone who's been interviewed and talked about every fucking topic? Like that was so hard, but I asked him a question that he's never been asked before. And I remember being like, fuck yes. Like, um, and Kevin, (laughs) what was so cool about Kevin was, and one of the reasons why I was drawn to Kevin is he used to be a car salesman before he did what he did. And uh, I was like, I'm a salesman at the end of the day. I'm a bartender. Like I sell booze, I sell food, you know? Um, and I think I've learned, I've learned a lot about salesmanship that goes into what I'm doing now. And so I said to Kevin, um, Kevin, you sold yourself in 2005, you know, to, to a company. Can you sell me Kevin Burkhart today, 2020? And he looked Brilliant at question. me Great and, question. He, and he was like, I have never been asked that before. And the little person in, in the back of my head was like, all right, yep, all, right, like, oh, all right, you know? <laughs> so, but, but again, it's hard. And, and I, but I love that process. Like that's my, that is my favorite part of, of all of this that I get to do is the research is the looking up about a person and trying to find things on them. And because you'd be amazed, like, we're also very lucky now with like the internet and everything. And there's everything. Everybody's on there. You can find out a lot. Um, but it is, it's a, it's a labor of love and like, you know, but it's hard. It's believe me. I know it's fucking hard. It's It's hard, hard. but Jenna, this was awesome. Like I can't, this was fun. Like, uh, I'm going to have to come to Chicago and like, I'm going to be there when it's full open and we're going to do something in person. I think it'll be awesome. I was going to say, come to Chicago, come to Shinnix. Your first round is on me. Um, you get to see the, I'll, I I'll tip show. well too. I'm not a cheap tipper. <laughs> I tip well. It's cash only. So yep. just a heads up. Even um, better. I'm a cash guy. Yeah, but no, it's a lot of fun. And thank you for having me on. This was a fucking blast. Absolutely. All right, guys, huge shout out to Jenna for coming on. I think that was awesome. I think we talked about a ton of different things there. Uh, like we said before, the NWHL is either the smartest people in the world or the dumbest, but what are you going to do? So, I missed you guys last week. I did. I did. I was down enjoying the nice weather, the beaches, the tan, the drinks in Florida. Uh, but I'm back. We're going to be going again once a week. Um, who's going to be the next guest? Who is going to be the next guest? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Next week could be just me. Could be someone else. Could be someone famous. You never know. But I did want to give a quick shout out to the guys over at Real Skins. So let me tell you this story, okay? I was there. Oop, that was my Instagram going off. We were at the bar. We were just chilling there trying to watch the McGregor fight. And my buddy was there. And, you know, we were all having a good time. And this guy comes up and we start just shooting the breeze. And he was telling us, you know, what he's doing in Florida and all that stuff. And he has this company called Real Skins. And it's a t-shirt company and it's awesome they have like these long sleeves like spf 50 you can wear them they're dope he's sending us a bunch which i'm super pumped about uh but he says he's like real skins and i'm like oh like that's sweet and then it clicked real skins like r-e-e-l like a fishing pole holy smokes dude i thought that was a dope name but (laughs) that was awesome so i just wanted to give him a quick shout out i'll put his instagram in the in the description and we'll tag him in this so he knows and you guys can go check out all of his stuff uh but let's do quick song of the day and my song of the day is bucket list am i saying that right is it bucket list 
Bucket list. Yeah, Mitchell Tenpenny, bucket list. I should know that. I swear it was, it was complete between bucket list and broken up. But this song's awesome. I tried to put it in the intro again. All of a sudden, people are like mad at you if you try and download stuff that was already downloaded off of SoundCloud. But whatever. Bucket list. Mitchell Chen. Mitchell. Good Lord. You guys can tell I'm out of practice. Bucket list. Mitchell Tenpenny. Absolutely awesome. And that's what I got. Did I almost forget the five daily reminders? Guys, I've been bogged down with homework. Also, I'd find new ones, but like, I'm going to find new ones. Don't worry. Number one, you are amazing. Number two, you can achieve anything. Three, positivity is a choice. Make the right choice. Four, your imagination. What? What am I doing? Your limitations are only in your imagination. Good Lord. Good Lord. Number five, don't settle, period. All right, we got those. We got those memorized, you guys. I don't know how I don't have them memorized. I feel like by now I should. They're written on a whiteboard right across from me. But that's what I know, and that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna take it easy. We're gonna relax. We're gonna continue to get through COVID together. It's almost done, I think. It's almost done. Like we're a year in. Think about we're closer now than we were yesterday. So we're almost done with COVID. Keep grinding. Keep getting better. Um, reach out to me if you guys want to come on the show. If you want somebody that you want me just to spam DM, uh, I will reach out to them a thousand times. I don't care. My Instagram gets shut down daily. So I'll reach out to anybody besides Ray Fulcher. That guy's on my list. Uh, just kidding. I have a list and it's of five people. I'll give you guys that list another day, but that's my list. That's my talk. Uh, that's my spiel. I'm super happy to be back with you guys. Go check out bar stock with Jenna. Um, that's what I know. That's what I got. You guys are the best. You guys seriously are the best. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Yeah, I hate that the only way I can say what I need to say is with a prayer I hope is getting through the clouds.